You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle code 25SHUFFLE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This is the GM Shuffle. Jamal Adams is the second highest paid safety. He wasn't even on my list, nor did I even consider him in the top 10, top 15, because he can't cover anybody. He's a linebacker. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. Michael, uh, we were joking before we got this thing started, but I'm going to go on a bye week next week here, but we still have our eye on the ball. We're focused with all what's happening in the NFL. No doubt, no doubt. You can't get away from the shuffle, Femi. You got to keep going. That's the one thing, you know, when Adnan did it and Tate Frazier, we we just never missed a day. We were like mm-hmm. the Joe DiMaggio. We had a great streak going. We just didn't miss a day. We're the Cal Ripken of podcasts. We just keep moving on. <laughs> yeah, no, Cal Ripken with that all-time streak, and that's what we're going to try to do here on the GM Shuffle, hanging with you guys all throughout the summer. So make sure, as always, to subscribe, rate, and review. Tweet at us, at Michael. You can find him at M Lombardi NFL. You can find me at Femi Abebefe, our producer Stephen Bond with us. As always, very excited today we debut our Blue Chips, Red Chips. We'll get into that in just a bit, Michael. But let's start with some news and notes around the NFL. And a lot of the NFL offseason discussion since the draft and free agency all kind of fizzled away has been centered around Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns quarterback, is now in day three of the disciplinary hearings with Sue L. Robinson. Uh, We're going to find out at some point here, Michael, um, but I'm not sure if it'll be but at the end of this week or maybe early on in the next week, what's your read on what we've seen so far this week with the disciplinary hearings going on right now for the Browns quarterback? Well, I, I think if you read the Washington Post every morning that Mark Masick is pretty wired into this thing. And he, he wrote a column or an article the other day about uh, the league would like to have a one-year suspension. But the league knows that if they, if they try to impose something that they can't solidify, that the Goodell could be at risk to lose all his power. Now, it's been collectively bargained 
So you think it should be a lock cinch, but I don't know if those things always hold true. So for me, I, I think the league wants to do a settlement before they do anything because it then ensures the power of the commissioner to see. But mm-hmm. like I wrote about today, Femi, I mean, the one thing we know is you're going back and sitting on a lake or you're at the beach here in Ocean City or you're dealing with the heat in Las Vegas, he's getting suspended. Now, yeah. whether it's eight games, whether it's six games, whether it's a year, I don't know, but he's getting suspended. Yeah. No, I think that's really clear when you look at this thing here. Um, it's interesting, though, that because I know the outside perception is like, why? Why would they want to negotiate with somebody who has been accused of what Watson has been accused of? Now, 20 of the 24 civil suits have been settled. So it's now mainly centering around the four civil suits that are still open there. But you mentioned the settlement that the league would try to reach with Watson on a, some sort of suspension. And does that, does that make sense to you that they would negotiate with this? I get what you're saying with the Goodell not wanting to lose the power or be vulnerable to that in a future CBA here. But it, it almost seems like it's it's kind of crazy. It's like, wow, like Watson accused of all these things has brought all this bad negative press to the NFL throughout this offseason. And here they are trying to negotiate with that same guy. Well, you know, you got to separate the two things. They're negotiating with so they don't have to go to court on a, on a, on an appeal, right? So they're really trying to do that. I think that's more than anything. And, and you know, obviously, they're, the league's the the league the players' association represents Watson, so mm-hmm. they're going to do the best job for him. And they're saying, hey, okay. Now it depends on who has the hammer. I mean, if Sue Robinson comes down with an unbelievably strong verdict against him, maybe the league just takes their chances. I think a lot of it is going to come down to what she tells both parties about the validity and the strength of each one's case. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be critical, Femi. And I, I think the one thing, if you're the Browns, and, I, and again, today up all, earlier on, on Visa, I, if I'm the Browns, I'm going to be all in on the, on the Jimmy Garoppolo deal. I'm going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and it's the best Airbnb they could get. Yeah. It's the best Airbnb they can get, Femi, because he comes in there. Is he perfect? By no means. You know, but the guy has played well. He's been in this offense before, and he gives them a rental that they need for a year. Yeah, it would be an interesting dynamic there if they were to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not sure what they would have left to give up after giving up all those assets for Deshaun Watson. Maybe the Niners could take a mid-round pick because they gave up three first-rounders, so it's not going to be a first-rounder. A second-rounder, I believe, I don't know how many of those they have as of now here, but it almost feels like they don't have the assets to even trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, but maybe the Niners are in a situation to where they're just willing to take anything versus cutting him outright and letting him hit the open market there. Well, I, I mean, I think this, Fem, like, so the Browns give up a fifth. That Say they give up a fifth-round pick that moves to a fourth. First of all, who's your competition for Garoppolo? Who's after him? And not a, right? not and a lot so of people. Nobody has 24 million. The Browns could sign him with Mayfield on the team, and they still have enough cap room. Now, they don't want to do that, but they'll eventually get rid of Mayfield's number. So then they can redo the contract. Garoppolo is willing to redo his deal. The other fact is, Garoppolo comes in and plays really well. He'll get that. Maybe the Browns pick up a compensatory pick. Maybe they get their fifth back, or maybe they get a third based on how he plays, based on his next contract. Look, I think the one thing you always want to do with a player is have the ability for that player to be in his last year where he's as desperate as you are to be successful. That That's always a great situation to be in. And, and I think that the, for the Browns, I mean, Mayfield – you know, fits the system in, in in Cleveland well. I mean, what he did last year, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But so does Watson. But so does Garoppolo. Garoppolo averages eight four yards per completion. 
I mean, everybody complains about Garoppolo's interceptions. When you do it over time, Watson has a higher interception percentage than Garoppolo does. Now, Garoppolo makes some stupid plays, and Watson makes some plays with his feet that Garoppolo don't. I'm not trying to compare the two here. But what I'm saying is, to me, if you've got a team that you feel like is a Super Bowl-caliber team, you can't go into it with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, you just can't do that. It's been proven in Miami. It's been proven in in Indianapolis that he's a good serviceable come in finish the game maybe start a game but not a long-range middle reliever i don't see it if you're the cleveland browns you're andrew barry the general manager would you make that trade before we get a, a disciplinary uh conclusion on this watson thing or would you wait for after the news comes out well i, I think you got to wait till after you see what, exactly what's going to come down right? Uh, mm-hmm. Unless you've got to make a deal with them. But I think they know that he's going to get suspended. I mean, I think they, you have to know that. Could you imagine the outrage if he doesn't get suspended? Oh my God. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine a world where that takes place. Yeah, you can't even it, imagine it. So, But if it's only four games, which is what I think the Browns thought when they entered into this trade, mm-hmm. I think they thought it was a four or maybe six, and they felt like they could win with Percet and he'll come back and but if it's going to be longer than six, it's going to be 10, 12. You got to get another quarterback. Yeah. It almost feels like it takes a little bit of the leverage out of Cleveland's hands after the hearing comes up because San Francisco would know that, okay, you guys probably need a quarterback. But then at the same time, you mentioned that San Francisco doesn't have a whole lot of suitors or after Jimmy Garoppolo. So maybe it works out best for both case scenario with both teams starving and needing something and then they can find each other and it's a match made in heaven. I want to ask you yeah. though about but, oh, you're going to say something real quick? Sorry. Well, I was going to say, did you see the report yesterday where somebody completely dismissed Seattle's interest in 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 uh, in in Baker Mayfield? Did you see that report that came I, out? On I did not catch yesterday? that. Who who did that come down from? I, I I'm going to look on it. I don't know if this is a viable source, but I got a text yesterday from somebody that said that. Uh, hold here, one minute here. I yeah, yeah no, I need to look for. It's always impossible when you're looking for a text. I mean, that's an interesting thing, though, with Seattle and Baker Mayfield. So it's by this guy, Sports. It came out from Sports Key to Pro Football. And it said, fact check, accidental Baker Mayfield Seahawk trade, rumor debunked. Hmm. Guy's got 67,000 followers. I don't know if it's... I I don't think they're involved. I don't don't think they are, but I, I think he obviously... Has, has put that out there, so we'll see if it's true. I mean, I, it didn't make sense when the report came out. As we talked about last week, it seemed like a report to facilitate mm-hmm. the, the Panthers and the Browns to get a deal done. Yeah, and, and we heard Baker Mayfield speak at his camp in Norman, Oklahoma, earlier this week, saying that both he and the Browns have moved on. Now, they asked him that if he was completely slamming the door shut and completely ruling out a reunion, and he didn't really go that far, but he pretty much said both sides are ready to move on, and it would have to be the Browns who would have to extend the olive branch if they wanted to do a reunion with Baker Mayfield. Um, it, it, but it's kind of gone on what you mentioned all throughout this offseason, that this thing can't be... Re- repaired and it's the two sides would probably be best just going their separate ways. I mean, you can't put, I mean, look, the, you, the, no matter ma- how much therapy, you're not going to be able to get this to come out, right? Because the kid's sitting there and he knows he's not going to be on the team next year. Now, yeah. if he goes to Carolina, he's got a chance to be on the team next year. If he, In Cleveland, he has no chance to be on the team next year. So, like, wh- why would I do that, you know? And then why would you want him? Like, to me, Garoppolo gives them the best rental that they could possibly get. If I'm Andrew Berry, I'm going to go get Garoppolo. There's no competition for him, mm-hmm. you know. And even if Seattle wants Garoppolo, San Francisco doesn't want to trade him to San Francisco. Yeah, they Seattle. would never trade him. Yeah, 
they would never trade him there. So, you know, and, and, and obviously there's been no offers on Garoppolo. Now, I think what we're going to see here in the next coming days is we'll see Garoppolo, a video of Garoppolo throwing the ball. We'll see some form of political campaigning to show Garoppolo's <laughs> healthy. We'll see some of that, right? And once we see that, then, you know, they'll be able to kind of, you know, cleanse the waters, if you will, to see who's really interested. But look, they're, all the starting jobs are filled. There's only one starting job that's not filled. Basically, it's, you know, Seattle, Carolina, a- and Cleveland. But we know Carolina's probably going to get Mayfield. What Seattle does, I don't know. Oh, but Cleveland's got to fix. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> but Cleveland's got to fix their their thing. I mean, I bet all your hometown homies just can't imagine Drew Locke being oh. the starter, huh? <laughs> they are clamoring for Baker Mayfield, which I never thought I'd see the day in Seattle after the past decade of Russell Wilson. But the Drew Locke experience in Seattle—that's going to be quite the experience. Either him or Geno Smith will find out, since it's a true quarterback competition in the Pacific Northwest here. But Michael, let's take a quick break because. I cannot wait for this. On the other side, we're going to get into our red chips and our blue chips here on the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed subscription service easily builds DS01 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. All right, Michael, the people have been asking for it. They've been clamoring for it. It is time for blue chips and red chips. We're going to start off with the red chips, and we're starting off with the safety position. And before we get into all of this, I wanted to ask you, what was the methodology used to determine the blue chips and red chips? Because we always want to set the criteria and how we came to these conclusions. What were your methodologies in coming up with these lists? Well, look, anytime you do you grade players, you have to fit them into a category, correct? So no matter what category you put them in, you, you've got to, the, the, the verbiage must match the category, okay? So you've got to be able to say, okay, this player is a 64 player and this means this. This, play is a, uh, this player is a 65 and it means that. So, you know, for me, red chip players are solid starters. They play on all three downs. They contribute towards winning. They're hard to take out of the game. They can they can make plays against the elite level of competition, and they're never a liability for your team. So, you know, and that's the category. Now, they're just a little bit short of the blue chip. And so when you're looking at safeties, you want a safety that that it can play 
on all three levels. He can attack the pocket, he can play at linebacker, and he can play in the middle of the field. You want a safety that can play, that can make plays on the football when the ball's in the air. He can cover in some form of man-to-man, maybe not a receiver, but he can cover a tight end. You also want a safety that, that has the ability to get the defense lined up. And then most importantly, you want somebody who's going to tackle and he's not going to miss tackles. Mm-hmm. Because when you have great safety play and you can control the middle of the field with your safeties, you, you're not going to give up many big plays. So that, that to me was the essence of the criteria. Yeah, and you've been working on this for weeks on end here, and I'm really excited to get into this list. And it was pretty much comprised of watching tape, talking to personnel guys, any other uh, avenues that you reached out to to come up with this list? No, I, I just kind of did it all. I kind of did what I what I felt like was the best thing for me in terms of like watching it. I didn't want to get any outside. I didn't want to get any outside people's opinion because mm, okay. I felt like you know it, 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 when you're evaluating, you know, you want to be able to say, okay, here's where I think this player fits. Here's what I think he should do. So for me, I just kind of went through it. I, I kind of went through my list. I had. I had probably 30 players that I that I wanted to watch, so I started watching all of them. I kind of have a sense who I thought were the elite players. I mean, some guys I thought were better than their rankings or their salary. You know, if you just go by the salary scale of these players, it's never going to be really good enough. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes there. You know, like Jamal Adams is the second highest paid safety. He wasn't even on my list, nor did I even consider him in the top 10, top 15, because he can't cover anybody. He's a linebacker. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and then you look at it like Eddie Jackson, who's made a lot of plays. He's 29 years old. He's what I think the sixth highest paid safety. But, you know, Eddie Jackson doesn't make any plays in the ball, had no interceptions, had like two passes defended all season. So you just kind of remove him and you try to stay away from who's the highest paid. Is he the best? And you also have to give yourself a chance to see a guy who has the arrow up like, I, I, you know, like Walker from Detroit, for example, mm-hmm. he's a really good player. You know, Tracy Walker from Detroit, if he was on somebody else's team, you would pro- he would probably be going to the Pro Bowl. But, you know, he had 108 tackles last year, Femi. You know, he had, he had uh, six passes broken up. He makes a lot of plays for them. But he gets a lot of plays towards him because they're not very good on defense. But he's a good player. He just hasn't been on a good team. Yeah, and Tracy Walker didn't make the list. He was in the close range there uh, of guys who were a possible red chip. But let's get into the red chips. Here is the list of red chip safeties, according to Michael Lombardi, in the NFL. You have Jeremy Chin of the Carolina Panthers, the young safety entering his third season. Same with Antoine Winfield Jr. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Arizona Cardinals safety Buda Baker, Viking safety Harrison Smith, and Dolphin safety, Javon Holland. So it's a mix and match of young and old with Holland being 22 years old. Second year into the league will be 2022. And then you have Harrison Smith on the other spectrum, 33 years old, entering his 11th year here. Who would you like to highlight on this list here, Michael, with the red chips for the safeties in the National Football League? Well, let's start with Holland. Okay, so he wears number eight, you know, and so you're looking at him and you're saying, like, who is this kid? Like, you know, he came in there, he's from Oregon, Mm -hmm. he played... And then you watch him, and you know he makes a lot of tackles. He had 69 tackles last year. You know he has two interceptions. He's got he can tackle for loss. He's had three tackle for losses, and he had 10 passes broken up. And I think he's got shows great range. He shows coverage ability, and he's a young player. Like I think he's a bl- he's a red chip with an arrow up. I think he's going to be a blue chip before his career's over with. I was really impressed with his play. I thought he gave them a solid, uh, solidified the middle of their defense really effectively. I thought he was outstanding. 
you know, I think he's another year away. Uh, you know, Harrison Smith, I, I've always felt Harrison Smith was a good player. I didn't know he's love his coverage, but he's a very, very effective tackler. He gets the defense aligned. I mean, he had 114 tackles last year. He's not going to make a lot of plays on the football, but he's well-rounded in what he does. So to me, mm. he's a red chip with an arrow down. Right, I think it's probably, you know, this is coming towards the end. But I thought he was at least one of the top 10 safeties in football. Go ahead, fam. I was going to say, if we do this three to four years ago, is Harrison Smith in that blue chip category? Or has he always seen him kind of as a red chip? I think his ceiling is red chip because he doesn't, he's not a pure coverage guy. But what he makes up for it is, look, the number one requirement, when you go through, like if I go through all my defensive back reminders, which to me is important, instincts and balance are the most critical factors. That's what Harrison mm-hmm. Smith has. He's got great instincts and he's got great balance. You know, and, and he's able to be in the right place at the right time. So for me, I, I think you got to give him that. I thought Buda Baker is still a good play. He makes plays on the football. He tackles. You know, he had three interceptions, over 100 yards on those interceptions. He had the one big interceptions. Yeah. Plus, he, you know, he's had seven passes defended, which I think is outstanding. Winfield's another guy that I think is the arrow up. I think Winfield's going to be a red chip. It wouldn't ha- To me, it'll happen next year if not. He had 88 tackles, two interceptions. He got six plays on the ball. He can go cover the slot. He can play some slot corner, which I think he's effective doing. You know, he's got a chance, and he's instinctive. He's smart. He's short. He's yeah. little. But I think he's really effective. And then Chin, to me, I think Chin is always in balance. I think Chin is always kind of around the football. I think he's a smart player. I don't say he's a pure coverage guy, but I think he's got a lot of skill. And I think he's an aware player, you know, and he supports really well. I think he had 107 tackles, five passes defended last year. I just like his game. You know, now some of the guys I considered that, that were possibly red chips, we talked about. We talked about Walker. I think Kyle Duger, I almost put him in there, you know, and he had four interceptions last year. He makes a lot of plays on the football, five passes defended, 92 tackles. I think he's almost to that red chip level. I think you could have given him that. Jesse Bates is the kid that they franchised from Cincinnati. You know, not a lot of plays on the football, just one interception last year. Doesn't, you know, he's a smart safety, but I don't think he's a guy that you could say, okay, I can live with him. Hooker, the other safety at Tennessee, you know, I, I think that we'll, we'll talk about Kevin Byard coming up, but I thought he was good. May, the kid that signed with the Saints, only played in six games last year. And then Mathau, you know, he's got three interceptions. I think he makes a lot of plays. Had 76 tackles last year. He's a good player, but I think he's just below some of the other guys. Well, yeah, Jesse Bates, I want to ask you about him because he is up for a contract extension. You mentioned he's been franchise tagged by the Bengals. He has yet to sign that franchise tag he wants that blue chip money. If you're the Bengals, would you pay Jesse Bates that sort of blue chip money, seeing that he didn't even make the red chips list for you? Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I think he's a nice player. I want him, but I think part of this, and we're seeing this with the NBA, you know, free agency starts in the NBA today. There's two evaluations now when you're looking at players, the player and the contract. When those are in balance, I mean, do you think Brunson's worth as much money as the Knicks are going to give him? Hell right? No. <laughs> Hell no, right? So, yeah, you want Brunson on your team, but do you want that contract on your team? I mean, I think you got to weigh that, you know? And I think the reason they franchised him and they're having a hard time getting a contract done is Cincinnati sees that. I think Cincinnati likes, likes Bates, but they also like Bates at his number. I don't think they want mm-hmm. Bates at a ridiculous number. Yeah. I mean, look, Bates is a good player. I'm not disputing that. Guy had one interception on the football last year. You know, he had he hit the quarterback one time, right? You know, like, you know, he had four passes defended. Like, that's not exactly somebody that you're sitting there saying, wow, 
You know, he's around the football. Now, he makes tackles, but he's the third leading tackler on the team. You know, he was the third leading tackler on the team. So it isn't like he's making every tackle. Yeah, and and he's a culture guy for them, which I, I tend to lean toward those guys because he was there when they were still bad and all that stuff. But you mentioned there sometimes the game might not match what the price tag is for a blue chip kind of a guy. Right now, the franchise tag for safety in the NFL, $12.9 million a year. I wanted to make a point about Antoine Winfield, though, because you mentioned him how he has his arrow pointing up, potentially going into blue chip stratosphere in a year or two. It's interesting because during the draft process, he was knocked because of his size. Right. He didn't have the measurables here, but here he, he had the NFL lineage. I mean, his dad played, was a great player for the Minnesota Vikings. That's why he ended up with the Minnesota Golden Gophers in college here. But it almost, to me, during the process, I was like, this guy is an excellent football player. Forget how fast he ran. Forget what his arm length is. Just turn the tape on. He makes plays. You know, it's funny. I was talking to the coaches at George Washington basketball yesterday, and they were asking me, like, what's the biggest one of the number one traits you look for in players. And and they, they kind of were a little bit shocked, and I said, balance. Balance. To be able to be in control of your body at all times. And this is what Winfield has. He Even mm-hmm. though he's short and little, he's in balance. He's always in a good position. He doesn't have to, he's not off, off kilter. He doesn't have to regroup to cut. I think he's really good. I think Chin's got great, I love Chin's balance. Like when I watch Duger and Chin, I kind of like, chin more because I think Duger sometimes is a little off balance. So to me, Winfield's balance and his ability to burst and close, plus he's tough as shit. He'll yeah. tackle. He don't care. You know, he, he, he never looked in a mirror. He doesn't know he's little. <laughs> I, I love that. That's an excellent description there for a player. Put that on the scouting report. Um, all these guys are terrific. Chin, Winfield, Baker, Smith, Holland. But on the other side, we're going to get to the best of the best, the cream of the crop for safeties in the NFL. This is the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. All right, Michael, we discussed the red chips. Now let's get to the blue chips, the elite of the elite as it pertains to safeties in the NFL. And I think for all fans, they're going to be really interested in this to know which guys are the dynamite impact players at this position. I think for betters, I mean, we have a lot of betters listen to this show as well. These are the guys you want to pay attention to if they are affecting a point spread, if they're going to be out for a game or if they're going to be playing in a game because these are the guys who actually move the needle. So, Michael, let's take a look at your list of blue chips in the NFL. You have Kevin Bayard, the safety for the Tennessee Titans, multiple-time All-Pro. Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. He has never been a first-team All-Pro safety. Minka Fitzpatrick, who just got paid cha-ching by the Pittsburgh Steelers, 26 years old entering his fifth season derwin james of the los angeles chargers uh, eligible for a contract extension so derwin james might send this tape out to his agent and to the la chargers and then you have micah hyde of the buffalo bills entering his age 32 season 10th year in the nfl and these are the names that popped up in my mind michael so i'm glad that we are in simpatico with this list for safeties in the national football league yeah, and, and Jordan Poyer, also a Buffalo, was in consideration, too. And I think Poyer's an outstanding player. I just put him below the category a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't put him in the red. I put him in the consideration. 
makes a ton of tackles. He makes plays on the football. I just think Hyde's got more ability to cover. Now, both players came out the same time in the draft. Poyer was really good at Oregon State. He yep. played corner there. They moved him inside. We claimed him off the – we took him off the practice squad when I was in Cleveland, and he was outstanding. And I loved Hyde coming out in college. I thought Hyde was a corner that could move into safety. But for me, Hyde is is a little bit better because of his versatility and coverage. He had 86 tackles last year. You know, he's got the ability to kind of play all over. He, he makes plays on the ball. He had 10 passes broken up, so he's always around the game. I mean, the strength of the Bills, frankly, and I could have made this Poyer slash Hyde in this category, to be fair, mm-hmm. because the strength, of the, the strength of the Bills is their safety play. Yeah. I mean, there's no team that gets better safety play. You could say Tennessee, because Hooker's a good player for Tennessee, but there's not a team that has better safety play than this team in Buffalo. I mean, Phillips in, in New England, to go along with Duger, they play pretty well. They got McCourty in there, too, but they don't always play. It's not it's McCourty and Duger. McCourty's not quite the same player that he once was. So, you know, for me, Hyde's really good. And then Derwin James, to me, a lot of tackles. I wish he made more plays on the football, you know, but he's still a good, effective tackler. Had 118 tackles last year, you know, five passes broken up. Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's all over the field. He's got the most tackles of any safety yeah. in the football, 124. You know, he's the highest paid safety. Do I think he's the best safety? Probably not. I like his coverage skills, his range. You know, he had seven passes broken up, two interceptions, but he creates fumbles and he creates turnovers. To me, Simmons is one of the best tacklers in the game. Like, I saw Simmons in college tackle Lamar Jackson when he played at Boston College. Simmons is smart. He's not a great man-to-man coverage guy, but all the intangibles that he has, he makes up for it. You know, he had four tackles for loss. He had five interceptions, and he had 12 passes broken up, which is a lot for a safety, as you could see. I mean, he and and Holland have double-digit safety broken. I mean, that's a lot for a safety to get 10, 12 passes broken up. And then Bayard is to me is I think Bayard is the best safety in football. You know, he has he had eighty-eight tackles, he had five picks, he's two forced fumbles. I think he's around the ball quite a bit. He gets their defense lined up. He's dependable to play back there. Uh, you know, I think he's been a really a good player. From Middle Tennessee, I really liked him coming out in college. I thought he was going to be a good pro, and I think he really is. You know, it's interesting. I want to ask you about Derwin James because he is eligible for a contract extension. But he has the durability concerns. I mean, it was two years ago. He only played in about five games after he had the broken foot, I believe it was, in the offseason. He had durability concerns at Florida State back in college. Would you feel comfortable paying him that big-time contract? Because we saw Minka Fitzpatrick get the big deal about a couple weeks ago. James is going to surpass that just because that's how these things go. Would you feel confident in giving Derwin James that sort of money given his injury history? Well, now that I know that I, you know, I would protect myself. I think part of the thing you can do with contracts is protect yourself on roster bonuses, on game bonuses. You know, if the guy's active, he's going to get this game. You know, now last year he played in 15 games, mm-hmm. had 118 tackles, he had seven tackles for losses. He hit the quarterback seven times, so he's really good on level one. You know, he tackles well. You know, he could tackle. Now, I wish he made more plays in the ball. He needed five passes defended. I mean, so you wish he was getting more active, but I think as you have a rookie quarterback, I think Derwin James is going to be one of your centerpieces to move forward. I would, I would per- perhaps, you know, safety, I think what we've seen with Duger, with Winfield, with Chin, I think you could find a Baker in the second round. Mm. I think it's a position where you could find a guy. Micah Hyde was a fourth rounder, I think, in Green Bay. Poyer was a f- seventh rounder that got cut. 
I mean, think about that, right? You know, so I think you could find guys. Simmons, I think, was a second rounder, good player. Bayard was a third. You know, I think you're kind of getting in that situation. Do you want to put that money? Now, if you have a star quarterback, you don't want to do it. To me, I I would always constantly try to have, find young safeties that I think I, that were corners like Hyde and Poyer that we can move inside that have toughness to be able to cover and match the game today. Yeah, and James, it was five games played in 2019, missed all of 2020 there, but was able to play in 15 games for 2021. So only 36 games played in a four-year career since being a first-round draft pick in 2018. But I think you make the, the good point there about how you can find guys later because of the list you hear, you have the five blue chips, the five red chips. Only three of those guys were first-round picks. You had Fitzpatrick and James, first-round picks in 2018, then Harrison Smith, the first-round pick in 2012. But this past year in the draft, Michael, in 2022, we saw three safeties go in the first round in Hamilton, Hill, and Scene. Do you think the league is now trending toward this safety position being more valuable? Because in the past, we've seen that it's been all about the money five positions, quarterback, wide receiver, left tackle, pass rusher, cornerback. But safety now almost feels like the league is now starting to take notice of having an impact guy can really make a difference on your defense. Well, I, I think this though, Femi, like Hamilton, can he cover? Is he going to be able to cover? Now, all my Notre Dame fans say he can cover, you know, but when I watch him, I'm not mm -hmm. sure he can cover. So I don't know if I would use a first round, a first round draft pick on a safety that couldn't cover. And I, I mean, look, you got to find a guy. I mean, look, the Browns, we had Jordan Poyer sitting right there and, and they didn't re-sign him to a deal. You know, Micah Hyde, they gave a modest contract to when he left the thing. So I, I think to me, unless it's a safety that you really think can d dominate the game in coverage and create problems, I mean, Matthau's a third-round pick, right? Yep. I mean, so like, uh, I, I to me, at Chin, I think Chin's a really good player. Dugas, I, I would probably say we got to be able to find guys that are that have that have similar value in later rounds and save ourselves some money. I just don't see it. To me, I think safety is somewhat of a replaceable position. I'm not saying that there isn't great players. But I think that, you know, when you get a guy, like, if you're Mike Tomlin, for example, Mike Tomlin really wants a safety. That's why he traded a first-round pick for Fitzpatrick. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the cornerstone of his defense. That's what he wants. Now, if that's what you got to have to build your defense, then you got to sign him. Yeah. And to me, I think safety is one of those positions to where you, if you have an elite guy, it really makes a difference. But if you have a bad player, it oh, really yeah, makes you can't play. It's, you're going to give up big plays. You're going to give a massive big play. I mean, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. We've been looking for a safety since Darren Woodson retired. Like, like this yeah. is a position that they just have not been able to fill there. But I think even being in the Pacific Northwest and watching those Seahawks teams with Earl Thomas back in his heyday and what that meant to that Legion of Boom secondary he was such a difference maker back then it allowed them to do so many different things on the back end of their defense to where i mean it almost unlocks like it, it may seem as a luxury because you mentioned it's a little bit of a replaceable position especially compared to the money five positions but if you have that guy it kind of unlocks the defense to another level you know it saves you right we had eric turner we picked him second overall in cleveland and he would make up for so many sins and we had stefan mm -hmm. moore who was a really good player that was the year we only we only gave up 204 points in 16 games I mean, you know, that, that, and because, and the longest run that was against us was 24 yards. That was because of those two safeties. You know, if you're Cincinnati, you know, you drafted Daxon Hill because you're basically going to put him in at the safety position and you're not going to pay Bates, right? Yeah. I think the Minnesota took Lewis Sign to, to, to basically replace Harrison Smith at some point, right? So they're trying to, they know that it's expensive. 
I just think when you get a guy that has great range on the football and can cover up. I mean, think about the Super Bowl in 17 when the Rams played when the Rams played the Patriots and the Patriots made that play across the field where the safety came and knocked the ball out when it looked like Brandon Cook was going to score, right? Yeah. I think McCourty came across the field to make that play. That's the kind of play that you got to have from your safety range. The ability to be a center fielder and cover the gaps, it's really important. Yeah. yeah, Devin McCourty is another guy who did not make the list. And maybe if we do this three, four years ago, he's probably at least on the red chips. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think he never was. A, I mean, he's a great leader. I think part of his is is great leader, great human, great tackler, you know, but not always the most instinctive player with the ball, but he's really good. And I would definitely say he was at least a red chip. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I just think it's fascinating. And before we get uh, to another break here. Five of the blue chips all come from the AFC and four of the red chips, four out of the five red chips come from the NFC, almost kind of giving us a little hint, hint about what the conference, which one is the better conference of the two. They're knowing that the AFC for a lot of people in the perception, at least is the better conference. But just to recap, the blue chips are Kevin Byard of the Tennessee Titans, who Michael believes is the best safety in football. And his resume would back that up with multiple first team, all pros, Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos, Minka Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, then Derwin James of the LA chargers and Micah Hyde of the Buffalo Bills. So those are the blue chips for the safeties. Write them down, know them, because come fall, we will definitely be talking about these guys on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, whichever days the NFL decides to play on. Uh, Michael, let's take a quick break. On the other side, a couple of NFC East news and notes before we wrap things up. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle code 25SHUFFLE. All right, Michael, before we wrap things up and get out of here, the NFC East has given us a couple of news and nuggets as they always do, starting in our nation's capital, with Washington Commanders wide receiver Terry McLaurin, who skipped out on all the OTAs, skipped out on the mandatory mini camp that was inexcused, but was finally paid by the organization. Three years, $71 million. That now puts him in the top five wide receiver salaries in the league here. And for McLaurin, um, he's a fantastic player. It's probably going to be money well spent here for Washington if they can find a way to get him the football. But to me, I mean, I see why they got this deal done despite their situation at quarterback. 
Yeah, I, I think it is. And, you know, look, I think he's a really good player. I think he's paid a price for quarterbacking in Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, his catch ratio, his catch percentage is really not very good at 59.2%. I mean, he had 130 targets last year, only caught the ball, only had 77 catches. Is that on him or is that on the quarterback? I tend to think it's on the quarterback, right? You know, he averaged 13.7 yards per catch. But to me, I, I think they got it. If they had a better player playing quarterback, I think McLaurin would, would numbers would far exceed what he's done so far in terms of 16 touchdown catches in his career. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, last year was disappointing in this sense. He only converted 47 first downs last year. 46, I'm sorry, Femi. Like mm-hmm. the year before, the year before he was better in that area. He was at five point eight percent in that category. It's fifty one. So to me, I think he and he only played in fifteen games that two years ago. So A, he's got to stay healthy. B, I think they've got to do a better job of getting him the ball and getting him the ball when it counts the most. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, McLaurin uh, last year, even though it was a down year. Still over a thousand receiving yards, only five touchdowns. You'd want more from your number one wide receiver there, but you know the circumstances in Washington. Yeah, not very good there for the quarterback position. Yeah, Taylor and, and the other thing you got to be worried about, Femi, too, is is when you look at the numbers, yards per target, right? So his rookie year, when he played in fourteen games, he averaged nine point nine yards per target. Mm-hmm. Last year, he's down to eight one. The year before that, he was at eight three. So what's happening here, right? is, you know, people know the ball's going to him. He's, they've got to be better at quarterback to really highlight this contract. Yeah. Is, uh, is DK Metcalf next? Well, I would think so. I think, I think once they get Garoppolo done, I think Samuel's next. I think those guys are all going to fall in line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. to me, it's, uh, I think these things tend to be one shoe drops, then the other dominoes kind of tend to fall as well there with the, the wide receiver contracts. Um, we found an interesting note out of Philadelphia here. This was uh, Stephen Bond sent this over our way, and it is from Miles Sanders, the running back. He tells CBS Sports, quote, we all feel like we're on an all-star team. We feel unstoppable. <laughs> Your thoughts, Michael? I mean, look, it, it, it's Philadelphia. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, what did they say in the wire? It's Baltimore, gentlemen. Well, it's Philadelphia. The, the hype train runs, you know? The, and it's going crazy. I mean, they had Jason Kelsey was at a, uh, at a at an event in CR, which is the next town down from me, and it was like he was treated like a rock star. I mean, it was like he the, like it was Paul McCartney coming back with the Beatles. I mean, this town is enthusiastic about their team, and you know, and the players feed off that. And how are they an all star? I mean, did you see the report, Femi, where they're talking about giving J- Jalen Hurts a new contract? Like, <laughs> what has Jalen Hurts done to get a new contract? everyone's getting paid in Philly. <laughs> I, I know. And, and this is the problem in Philly that the, they let the perception kind of runs away. I mean, if Philly struggles early, you know, one thing oh about gosh. the Philadelphia media, they can, they can flip in a minute. Now they can mm-hmm. flip in a minute. They'll, they'll be behind you. But once it goes bad, they're, they're bailing on it. All-star team. I mean, your corner situation is what? Bradbury, who's not a very good man-to-man player, Maddox, and you got Slay, who's good. Okay. Th- that's, that, that's an all-star team safety? Like, come on now. Really? Seriously? I mean, I think they're a good team. I, I think they'll win the East. But I, I think they're going to have a hard time when they have to throw the football to beat teams. But, you know, the, the enthusiasm can't is Can't tell out. them that. Yeah, you Femi can't tell them is, that. <laughs> um, no, it's unparalleled. It's unparalleled. You just, it's, a, it's unbelievable. Well, it's just, as somebody who has placed a bet on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl and to win the NFC, 
I'm just getting the vibes of the whole Vince Young dream team situation. I believe it was 2010 or 2011, one of those two seasons there where it said, oh, we're a dream team and all this and the season implodes and it doesn't really pan out to anything. And the fact that they're talking like this now, I do love that they are strong on both sides of the trenches, a really good offensive line, a really good defensive line. So I think that they can kind of uh, at least be competitive if things were to go awry this season, but uh, I'm getting some dream team vibes here, and I'm starting to worry that a lot of folks love this Eagles team as the it team, as the kind of dark horse contender out of the NFC. Uh, it might be a little too much too soon here for me um, with the Eagles. I, I like them. I, I agree with you. I think they win the division, but maybe we've got to take a second look at the Dallas Cowboys because they do have the best quarterback in the division, and yeah. they're, they're being disrespected quite a bit here all offseason from not just us in the betting community, but in just the National Football League and like the kind of just general sports community as well. You know, it's funny you say that. I mean, when you rank teams and you handicap teams, you start with the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles have a quarterback that's not in the top 20. He's not even in the top 20. You know, and they're talking about giving him a mega extension. I mean, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. Like, prove that he can win. You know, the, how how short of a memory do they have when the, they lost to Tampa? It wasn't even a game. Yeah. And I, I regrettably bet on them in that game there. Uh, took the points thinking I was smart. You know, I and, think and that's was... a great, Femi, that's a great lesson. I think sometimes the perception of the media sways our handicapping. I really mm -hmm. think it does. I, I, I'm going to try to do a better job of blocking out the noise next year. I really am. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hell, the Eagles were getting bet every single week last season there. Somebody just absolutely loved that team. Uh, I fell into the trap into that wild card game. I had a pretty good read on them all season long. Went to the well one too many times, and within about 20 minutes of real time, I was like, well, I'm going to chalk this one up as a, as a loser here as Tom Brady's marching up and down the field, yeah. and then they can't even pick up a damn first down on offense. <laughs> just, just remember, they played six good quarterbacks, Brady twice. The ball was only on the ground 36 times. That's yeah. all you need to know. It's not great. Um, this was fun, though, Michael. I'm really glad that we started this Red Chips, Blue Chips series here. Next week, what position group are we hitting next week? We're going to hit the corners, which will be oh, fun to do because go. there'll be a lot of confrontation about the corners and all mm -hmm. this, you know, and so it, it, that'll be good. So I'm going, I've been going through that corner situation, understanding, I think what, what most fans really have a hard time, a lot of analytical people do too, is understanding what the coverage is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know the coverage, you really can't evaluate corners. If yeah. you don't understand what the corner's being asked to do, what's his leverage point, it's really hard. And we have made it so simple by the TV people, but it's really way more complex. Yeah, I'm really fascinated to see where Trayvon Diggs ends up or if he's even on the list. Some people not as high as Trayvon Diggs, even though he had the 11 interceptions last season. That's going to be really fun to do next week. I'm going on vacation, Michael. I'm going to be sitting by a lake on the 4th of July, hanging out, eating hot dogs, fireworks, maybe a cold beverage. What are you doing 4th of July weekend? I'm going to stay here. I got the whole family coming in. So I have a barbecue hangout. I, I've got, go. uh, you know, so they can't get better. Than that. I got the, got the parade, you know, Femi, we have a parade here in ocean city where everybody gets on their bikes and they kind of go around, they decorate their bikes in 4th of July. It'll be fun. Yeah. And I'm working too. <laughs> I'm working. On top of it all. <laughs> the most fun part is the Lombardi line where you'll be working there. Make sure to check that one out come next Monday. But that does it for the podcast. Thank you as always. Subscribe, rate, and review. And in the reviews, let us know some of the red chips and blue chips at these positions that you think. If you disagree or if you agree or if you have questions, we want to see it in the reviews because this is going to be a fun series throughout the rest of the summer. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. And Michael, thank you to you. Have a happy and healthy 4th of July weekend, and we'll talk soon. Same to you, Femi. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen Bond.
You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DS01 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE.